Welcome to New Life Christian Ministries. Our teenagers will also be going upstairs uh, this way. So if you're that, from the ages of 13 to 18, you can also be dismissed at that t- this time. You'll be headed upstairs there. And I know for a fact they have Gatorade and snacks. So even if that doesn't get you, then I don't know. Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> you are short enough, but you don't meet the age requirement. She's the one that said it. Don't get mad at me. All right. I thank you all for being here this morning. God bless you. I know that God has a word for you. I don't know all of the visitors by name. Some of you I do, but I do want to say uh, God bless you, Matthew. Let's give Matthew a hand this morning. Praise God. I've always wanted a Matthew up here, and let me tell you what that represents. Matthew comes to our community meals, and I always said, man, I would love if some of the, our guests, the community meals, come upstairs sometimes and hear the word. So I, got, I bless you, Matthew, for being here today. Such a blessing. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you have moved upon us. You're here, and now you have made our hearts fertile. You've, made, you've turned the soil over of our hearts. You've turned the soil over of yesterday and last year, God. And now you're going to allow us to hear a new word, God, because we need a daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. So, Lord, I thank you for the bread that you're going to give us this morning. I ask for your anointing to be upon me heavily to give them the word. And not only me, God, but anoint the hearers as well. I pray that every ear would be open to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church this morning. Lord, would you allow your Holy Spirit to convict us of any sin so that we might move those things out of the way so nothing will trip us up as we run this race toward heaven and receive that eternal reward, which is you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that these words would do exactly what you say they would do. They will bring faith to the hearer. So may a deposit of faith, a radical deposit of faith, be deposited into each of us, God. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. So I ask that you would teach your people through me in a way that they can understand it, receive it, grow in it, benefit from it, and have bountiful fruit because of it. May everything I say be because you said it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's message is entitled Radical Reaping. Radical Reaping. To reap means to receive what you have planted. All right? A farmer, many of the farmers, farmers are now reaping their fields. All right? The combines are churning, the churning and they're uh, a lot, p- picking up all the, the beans and the corn and the straw. And I wish there was a bacon plant, but there's no bacon plant. If there was a bacon plant, I'd have my garden again, but there isn't one. But praise the Lord, probably don't need a bacon plant. I don't know where that came from. Lord, help me stay (laughs) on track. But anyway, what's happening is the farmers are reaping, and the only reason they are reaping is because they sowed. There is no reaping without sowing. If a field was full of weeds when it was time to sow, that, that field is still full of weeds when it's time to harvest. All right. So listen to radical reaping and the um, word that God has given me. And the theme for today is this. We'll never have what's radical until we're ready to surrender what's regular. 
We'll never have what's radical until we're ready to surrender what's regular. You see, the farmer, all he did was sow a regular seed. But what was within that seed was something radical. And now they've received it because they were willing to sow what was regular. If we fail to sow what is regular, we will never reap what is radical. Many of us are not blessed because we hold on. Man, the Holy Spirit is teaching right now. Many of us are not blessed because we hold on to the regular, thinking that that was the radical blessing, and it was not. When you keep what is regular for yourself and never release it to God, it cannot become radical. Many of you have been eating what is regular and consuming and saving what is regular and what you don't plant will never grow. No, this isn't a pastor that's trying to just get your money. I don't need your money. I think my, my, my kids sometimes might think me and, uh, me and mom are rich, but we're not rich. We're blessed. Amen. I'm trying to teach you how to be blessed this morning. There's a difference between rich and blessed. Blessed doesn't have a certain amount of money attached to it. Rich, the world says, okay, you got millions, you're rich. But you can have hundreds and be blessed. I'm trying to teach you something this morning. God wants to bless you radically, but you must be willing to let go of what is regular first. Because that shows your heart. It shows your heart if you're willing to release what is regular to let God allow it to come, become radical. Part two of this theme is this. Everything we're seeing is what we've sown. Say this with me. Everything I see, Everything I see. is what I've, sown. what I've sown. So those of you that planted tomatoes this year, you saw tomatoes come. Those of you that planted cabbage this year, you saw cabbage come. Because the word of God lets us know that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if you are, if you are reaping depression right now, then you have sowed negative thinking. If you are reaping anger right now, then you have sowed something that was bitter. So whatever you are seeing right now is what you have sowed. If you're saying, Lord, I just feel like I'm living below my means. I feel like I'm just living from check to check. I don't feel like I've been overwhelmed by your blessings. I promise you this. Whatever you are singing in your life right now is what you have sown. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. The title of the message again is called Radical Reaping. He wants us to teach us how we reap radically. So regardless of what we plant, it's going to grow, and it's going to reap radically. We're in Galatians 6, 9. It says this, Don't be misled or deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God, or you cannot mock God. You will always harvest what you plant. How often? How often? Listen to God's word. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time. When, church? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen? So, don't stop doing what is good. It will work for you eventually. You might say, well, I've been doing this, what the Bible has said to do for years and years and years, but yet I'm still renting. Or yet I have never owned a new car. Or yet I, I'm living a pure life before God in my singleness. And yet I still don't have a husband. I still don't have this. I still don't have that. God, have you forsaken me? Lord, where are you? The Bible says this. Do not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Father, I pray for them now as we release this word over them. May we be mindful of what we are sowing. May we never blame you for what grows into our lives if it is us that planted it, God. And may we never blame you if we are expecting a blessing in our lives and we have not planted what it takes. Father, the, the best thing that we could plant into the ground of our lives to reap the maximum radical benefit and blessing that we can receive from you is obedience. Obedience is the key it is the fertilizer for that radical reaping because your word says do not get tired of doing what is good. Well, what is good? What God has required. What God has required is good. May we not get tired of doing it for in due season we will reap if we faint not. So the first thing we must sow is ourselves. And this sometimes is the hardest thing to give up. Jesus says that if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it for his sake, you will find it. So one of the first things we have to learn about radical reaping is this. Getting over ourselves so that we can give up ourselves. You've got to get over yourself so that you can give up yourself. If you think you're all that, you can't reap something radical from God. You've got to humble yourself. If you think what you've got in the bank is all that, mm -mm. you've got to humble yourself and say, Lord, all that I have belongs to you. I am nothing without you. I wonder if I could get some people to confess this. Are you willing to confess that you are nothing without God? That's the first step that we must learn, that we are not all that. And I'm willing to tell each and every one of you to your face, that you're not all that, but I'm also willing to listen to each and every one of you come to me and tell me I am not all that, except for the grace of God. Who are we apart from God? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. If this is your first time here, I'm not beating you up. I'm not a mean guy, but sometimes we've got to tear things down so God can build them up, right? We've got to get rid of our idolatry. We've got to get rid of our pride so God can have a good, firm establishment to set his blessings upon. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29 says this. 
Remember, dear brothers and sisters, see, the reason I'm giving you these verses and I'm teaching you this right now so that you will give up your entire self. So that even if in this moment and the blessings that you have received from God have allowed you to become puffed up and, oh, look at me. <laughs> look at me. No, no, I don't want any ranch. Give me the great poupon. <laughs> look at me. It's time to humble yourselves. And remember when you used to ha have to save ketchup from Wendy so you could have ketchup at home at all. Okay, can we just be real in here? Let's not get so high up that God can't use us anymore. He has to remind us of where we came from so that we'll get in that dirt all over again. So we'll say, Lord, I give you my all all over again. Lord, you haven't blessed me so much that you can't use me anymore. I remember where you brought me from. If we want radical reaping in our lives, we got to remember that it was God that blessed us. Amen. Amen. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Now, we can achieve those things afterwards, but God is saying that few of you were that when he called you. Verse 27, instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chooses things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. I'll use myself as an example. God has blessed me in this city greatly, blessed me to be a pastor of one of the best churches in the universe, all right? He's blessed me to have a wonderful family. He's blessed me with a home. He's blessed me with a job, uh, with a county, a law enforcement job, a good job, all right? He's blessed me, but listen to where he brought me from. Listen, my mother came from Cleveland, Ohio, one of the poorest neighborhoods in Cleveland. My father came from Lima, Ohio, one of the poorest neighborhoods in Lima. My father did not even graduate from high school, but yet God allowed him to be the assistant of the mayor of this city. God chooses the foolish things. I am a college dropout. Yes, I'm a police officer, but I was arrested for a DUI in 1991, but I'm still a police officer. I never went to Bible college. I do not have a degree of any kind anywhere. So if anybody qualifies for a fool, it's the man you're looking at right now. And the Bible says that God did not choose those who were rich or powerful or wise from the beginning. He chose those things that were despised and that were small and that were foolish. Why did God do this? So that no flesh could glory in his presence? So that nobody could say, look at me and look what I've done for myself? That's why at all times, you must not just look where you're at because if you look where you're at, you might not be humble. You might be proud. You need to look at where God brought you from. Look at the neighborhood mom and dad came from. Look at the neighborhood grandma came from and say, God, you have blessed me. It was you and you alone that have lifted me up. So if you are willing to lift me up, I am always willing to humble myself and go low. Giving up ourselves, getting over ourselves rather, to give up ourselves. Verse 28, God chose things. Now we're talking about you. OK, you got to get over yourself. If you want radical blessings, if you want a radical life, 
you've got to get over yourself. You've got to remember where God brought you from. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Can you say sowing and reaping? So let's learn how God got us to the position that we are right now, okay? So he sows our foolishness, because that's what we were. We were fools without God. He sows our foolishness, and what happens? He shames the wise. He sows our weakness and our powerlessness to do what? Shame the powerful. He sows what has been despised and counted as nothing about us, to bring to nothing what the world considers important. We need to get over ourselves so that we can again give up ourselves. Humble yourself. If you want more from God, if you want to receive the radical life from God, you've got to humble yourself. Why? Because he resists the proud, but he exalts the humble. What you're seeing in your life right now is a result of whatever you have sown towards God. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. The reason I gave you those prior verses is so that you would get over yourself, so that you can, again, give up yourself. So what does it mean to give up yourself? We're in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and it says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters... I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. God can't transform you until you give him something to transform. You must sow yourself into God and say, God, you can have all of me. The question you must ask yourself is, how much of you do you want to be saved? Lord, save all of me. How much of you do you want to be blessed? Lord, bless all of me. How much of you do you want to be healed? Lord, heal all of me. So we sow our, our all to God. Our bodies don't belong to us anymore. They belong to God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the Bible says that a man reaps whatever he sows. Galatians 6, 9 tells us to not give up, not stop doing those good things, because if we uh, continue in them, we will reap a harvest. So how do we know to do what is good? By giving yourself to God and allowing him to transform your mind. If you change your mind, you'll change your seed. And when you change your seed, you'll change your harvest. I'll say it again. You need to know what is good. How do we know what is good? By not watching the world. The world says do this to obtain this. 
oh, this is good. But God says, I would rather use your foolishness to show the world they don't know anything about me. I would rather use a college dropout, an ex-drunk, and allow him to come to a position than to go to use somebody who has all these certificates on the wall and worldly wisdom. What does God say? The wisdom of men is foolishness to God. I'm not preaching against student uh, college or anything like that. I got a student loan still and all that, all right? All right? I'm not preaching against it. But what I'm telling you is that that's not God's ladder all the time. It might be if he tells you to do it, okay, but it might not always be the ladder that he uses. He likes to use low things and bring them high. Why? So the world can say, boy, look at Bubba. How in the world does Bubba own that business? How does Bubba live in that house? How did Bubba get Jane? That Jane's beautiful. Look at Bubba. And the world just looks like, wow. They, they have to scratch their head and say, man, when I look at Bubba, and, is there, there's nobody named Bubba in here, is there? Man, when I look at Bubba and see how blessed he is, there must be a God. That's why God uses Bubba, so that the whole world can say, man, how did he do that? He sure is lucky, but don't let Bubba let you hear him call him lucky, because Bubba will tell you, brother, I ain't lucky. I am blessed. I am obedient to God. I love the Lord with all of my heart and all of my mind, and he has blessed me, him alone. Amen? All right, verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. I'll say it again. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. The problem with many of us is that once See, oh, man, 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 man. When you didn't have the house, when you didn't have the toys, when you didn't have the job, oh, man, nobody could beat you praying. Nobody could beat you fasting and studying and saying, oh, God, if you just bless me with this, oh, Lord, I'll turn over my plate. I'm not going to eat. Lord, I just trust you. Just get me out of this job. I'm, I'm tired of temping. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. And you would pray and seek the Lord's face. But then when the blessing came, the prayers decreased. When the blessing came, we looked more towards the blessings than the blesser. And that's when things stopped being radical in our lives. It's so important that we remember this part of Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 and it says this, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So you have the ability to sow into your flesh or your carnal nature, your sinful nature, or to sow into the spirit, okay, and reap what is everlasting. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 21. We've got to learn something today. And we, we don't hear this a lot, but we need to hear it. We've got to be careful what we're sowing into ourselves. 
We've got to be careful what we are doing with our lives. Verse 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And this is a a prayer I pray every morning. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, Spirit. I partner with you today today. to push forward forward. the kingdom of God. God. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Every day, every morning, you should partner with the Holy Spirit. Don't do what you want to do, okay? Because if you leave it up to you, you'll pick what is wrong. You'll sow to yourself what's good for you, what pleases you. But if you partner with the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you. We've got to be careful what we sow because whatever we sow, we reap or receive, all right? Lord, help us with our sowing. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we will become more disciplined in the things that we are sowing so that we can change what we are seeing in Jesus' name. Amen. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. What kind of intentions? Good. Remember Galatians 6 and 8 through 9 told us that be not weary in doing good things, right? So how do we know to do what is good? From the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit's mind to know the good thing to do, the God thing to do. Verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. Verse 19. So here's what it looks like when you sow to the flesh, when you sow to the sinful nature. What happens? What grows? What do we see in our lives? Remember what I said? Whatever you're seeing is what you're sowing. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. If you're dealing with any of this, okay, and it happens, it happens to the best of us. Just because you come to this building doesn't mean that you don't sometimes deal with some of these things from your flesh. Amen. Do I have real people here? Okay, thank you. Let's continue. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature or when you sow into sin, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, uh-oh, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So those sins that I just named, are those things good? No, they're not good at all. So that is why it is very important that we must ask the Lord God to allow the Holy Spirit to direct us in all of our actions so that we don't receive any of those things. Amen? Amen. Father, I just lift my brother to you right now in the name of Jesus. 
whatever's going on, you know and you are good. I speak to this body now and I command it to line up in health and strength now in Jesus' name. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Sickness, take your hands off of him. Father, I thank you that he sold in worship today, God, that he blessed your name. So, Lord, just because he blessed your name, would you bless him right now? I pray, Lord, that every system in this body would be regulated now. Blood sugar be regulated now in the name of Jesus Christ. Blood pressure be regulated now in the name of Jesus Christ. Heartbeat, oxygen, all those systems in this body that promote life, I speak to you now in the name of Jesus Christ and command that you be healed in Jesus' name. Be restored now. Thief, we come against you now. Take your hands off of him in the name of Jesus. May he breathe in health and life and strength. We pray shalom over our brother right now. May the peace of God be upon him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for his healing. We've got to be careful what we sow to ourselves. We've got to be careful what we sow to ourselves. Now, these bodies demand a lot. And usually what they demand, especially around 10.30 p.m., 10.35 p.m., aren't very good. I've never had a craving for a piece of celery at 10.30 at night. (laughs) Never once. It's always something that I should not be eating, those cravings of the body. But we're not slaves to this body because remember, just like what a farmer puts in the ground, he will receive we got to be careful what we put in our bodies because we will receive them as well. So if we have a poor diet or if we allow the sin of gluttony to overtake us, if we sow into our flesh what is bad, listen to some of the things that we will reap. It says that we can reap eating disorders, depression, some cancers, osteoporosis, type 2 diabetes, high disease, heart disease and stroke, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, tooth decay, obesity. All those things can come to us if we sow into ourselves that which is not good too much, okay? But what about this? What about anxiety? Did you know that if you sow depression, if you sow negative thinking into your body, it can also have an effect on your health? Do you hear me? We're talking about sowing what is good, all right? 1 Peter 5 and 7 says this, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. What happens if we don't? What happens if we allow all of our anxiety to remain, all of our stress, all of our depression to remain? What if we sow all that stuff into our body? What if we hold it all in? What happens to us? Here are some of the diseases that can happen from stress and anxiety. Heart disease, asthma, obesity, diabetes, headaches, depression, gastrointestinal diseases, Alzheimer's disease, accelerated aging, and premature death. See, Jesus Christ has the words of life. See, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and might have life more abundantly. Where do we find life? We find life in the scriptures. So Jesus is saying this, if you don't want all those diseases, then let me, let me give to you this. First Peter 5 and 7. 
Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Many of our diseases is because, because we don't eat right. We sow bacon to the flesh. It's so good, God. And my son, Drayden, man, he loves sweets. And he says, well, if God didn't want us to eat it, why did he make it so good? And I just, I got no response for him. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know why it's so good. But portions, right? Is that what you said? Portions. It's all about portions and control. A little bit, okay. A lot, that's where sickness and disease comes in, okay? So we are not gluttonous, okay? We control our appetites, all right? Uh, David said that he desired, Lord, uh, the, the presence of God more than his necessary bread. Can you say necessary bread? So there's an amount to eat that is necessary. And that's what we should be eating, just what is necessary, right? Man, I'm going to get stoned. Let's go on. Radical reaping. What's next? All right. Releasing. We have to learn how to do this. This is good. Releasing a living to receive a life. You've got to be able to release your living, all right, the way that you care for yourself, what you think you need. You've got to be able to release a living, even if it means walking away from a job, even if it means walking away from a career. releasing a living to receive a life. We don't want you just working until you die, all right? We don't want you just to have wages. We want you to have the blessings of God in your life. So we have to learn how to release a living so that we can receive a life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 21. And I've got fruit juice in my office in the refrigerator, if that's something that would be helpful right now. So you can look in there as well, all right? Releasing a living to receive a life. We're in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. And it says this. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water. What were they doing? Throwing a net into the water. So they were fishing for a living. This was their living, okay? For they, oh, it says it right there. For they fished for a living. Verse 19, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. We have to learn how to release our living so that we can receive a life. Verse 21, a little further up the shore, he saw two older brothers, James and John, sitting on a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. So they were fishermen, and that was how they made a living, but they released their nets and they followed Jesus. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says this, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go. Okay, remember, we release a living so that we can receive a life. All right. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard at our living, basically, all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Listen, it's going to cost you everything to give up your living, but what you're going to receive in return for it is life. You're going to be connected to Jesus. See, some of us are afraid to leave our bosses because, or our jobs because that's the way we have a living. Not knowing that if you just be willing to fully submit and trust Jesus, he will provide for you a life. What you get is always greater than what you put in. What you sow is always, what you reap is always greater than what you have sown. Finally, we need to learn how to sow opposites. We need how to learn to sow opposites. We're in Luke chapter 6 right now, verses 27 through 38. This is how we stand out in this world. When the world gives us their worst, we continue to give them our best, and this is how they will know that the love of God lives in us because we sow the opposite. We're in Luke 6, 27 through 38, all right? But to, who, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do what? Do good to those who hate you. So they're giving us hate, but we're sowing into them goodness. Verse 28, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Remember, we lifted those hearts up earlier in the service, and we said, Lord, there's some people that hurt us, but we're releasing our heartache to you. Now the Bible is telling us that we have to do good and pray for those that hurt us. Verse 29, if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. My goodness, God, why are you causing us to sow all this goodness? Give to anyone who asks, and when these things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others for a full return. God had to correct me a while ago because there was someone who continued to borrow money from me uh, periodically but often enough, okay? And I was starting in my heart to get tired of it. And then God reminded me of his word. And he said this, 
I will make you the lender and not the borrower. I was like, wow, God, okay, I'm going to shut up and keep doing it, right? Sometimes we have to check ourselves and say, man, Lord, help my heart. So that's a good thing to do when you feel something rising up in your heart that just isn't right towards a person or an event. Say, Lord, can you fix me? Can you help me with this? Because part of me wants to say no and cut it off. But what if I cut it off? Is, is he going to flip us around? And then I got to go to him and say, hey, man, can I borrow some money? So it's more blessed to be the lender than the borrower, right? All right, let's keep going. Let's skip down to verse 37. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or we will all come back against you. Forgive, listen to all this sowing and reaping. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to full, to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That is how we get blessed radically when we give radically. So if you only, and I'm not just talking about offering buckets. I'm talking about out there, all right, when you're a blessing to other people. If you only give a little, you can only expect a little. And God gave me such a dynamic revelation that this church is, I don't think this church will ever be broke, all right? Uh, This church is not in debt. We don't owe any banks anything. We have no debt at all. All right. And we praise God for that. Amen. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why he's blessed us so radically. It's because that we've determined that instead of being a storehouse, we'll be a distribution center. And if you'll be a distribution center, God will make sure that there's more than enough always so that you always have to give. So if, you're, if your blessings aren't in abundance, one of the reasons is because there's a man in the Bible that said, look at all I have. And instead of giving it away, he said, I'm just going to tear down these little barns and build bigger barns to, to hold in all that I have amassed. And the Bible says that that man was a fool because his soul was going to be required of him that night. So the key to being radically blessed is to be a radical giver. And that's what I've done at this church, and that's what I've done at my home. You see, that is how you put a demanded blessing on your house and on your finances. Because when you say, Lord, all of my, not 10%, but all of my money is yours. And whenever you tell me to give some away and bless somebody, I'm going to do it. And God always blesses us because of our willingness to be obedient to that. But if my hands are always in my pockets... And yes, I'm preaching in genius today. My grandma, she can't hear me. She's, she's gone. But if she saw these blue jeans, we would be having a, a conversation after church. She'd be like, boy. But anyway, if you live like this with your hands in your pocket, how, how's God going to get something to you? Right? So if you live like this and say, Lord, everything you bless me with is up for grabs, all right, to those that need it. And here's the great revelation the Lord gave me. If I was willing to say, Lord, all I have belongs to you, he says the same thing back to me. Well, all I have belongs to you as well. Our closing scripture today takes us into knowing this, that we have to sometimes suffer, okay? 
No pain, no rain. No pain, no rain. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 tell us this. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, so we sow death as well. Jesus said, if any of you want to be my disciples, you must pick up your crosses for what? To die on, for your will to be gone, so that you can do my will only. If you sow your life into me, if you die for me, if we die with him, we will also live with him. Verse 12, if we endure hardship or suffering, we will reign with him. I know that it's not our favorite part about Christianity to suffer, but it is a part. I got to say it again. I know it's not our favorite part about Christianity to suffer, but it is a part. We are going to suffer. We are going to be afflicted. We are going to be talked about. Every once in a while, we might encounter some sickness. But why is that sickness there? Because he had many stripes put upon his back for our healing. So God has given us the power over sickness so that we can be healed and it be a sign to the world that God heals. Remember, the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, why was this boy born blind? Was it because of the sins of his mother or father? He says, no, not at all. It was so that the glory of God could be revealed. Amen? Continuing on. If we deny him, if we sow denial into Jesus, if this is the most Christian you are throughout the week and you never glorify Jesus out there, you never pray out there, if you just turn, if, if, you, if you only stop cussing when you come here, if you only stop filthy jokes when you come here, then that's not being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. You've got to be the same all the time. His whole life belongs to you, not just the church life, the whole life, right? So if we deny him, if we so denying him, then we reap him denying us. Verse 13, if we are unfaithful, he still remains faithful, for he can not deny who he is. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Radical reaping. What have we learned? We've learned that God is not mocked. Whatever a man or woman reaps, souls rather he's going to reap so we need to have our minds renewed so that we sow only good in this world so that we can reap only good in this world and the one to come when someone sows to you a smack on one side of your face you don't sow into them anything you just humble yourself and say you know what you might as well hit me here too because I am not going to strike you back. I am not going to sow that into the ground because whatever I put into the ground always comes back into my life. So I would rather in the face of violence sow, sow peace so that I can reap peace. I'd rather sow forgiveness to those who have hurt me so that I can reap forgiveness. 
I would rather sow blessing to those who curse me so that I can reap blessing. Sowing and reaping. Father, I've given them what you've given me to give, and I pray that all of me would be erased from the message and all of you would remain. Father, help me that as I preach your messages, God, that I remain in your will and in true to your word. I pray, God, that as we leave this place today, that we consider the seed. Consider the seed of the action that we're about to do because whatever we sow, we're going to reap. So may we consider to sow righteousness so that we might reap righteousness. Because if we sow sin, we reap corruption. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Father, is there one in this place today who is ready to sow themselves into your kingdom, sow their sins for your righteousness? Holy Spirit, is this the day of salvation for anyone in the building today? Would you begin to work on their hearts right now? Give them a boldness. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. Take your hands off of them now. They don't belong to you anymore. They're children of God. I pray a great boldness comes over those that are living in sin right now, knowing that if they die in sin, they reap hell. But if they ask for forgiveness of all of their sins, they reap everlasting life with Jesus. And he's willing to forgive you of all of your sins, every single one of them. All you have to do is surrender your life to him and ask for forgiveness, confess the Lord with your mouth, believe it in your heart, call upon his name, and you will be saved. Lord, are there any people that need salvation here today? If there is, Lord, would you allow them to humble themselves and walk down to this altar and say, you know what, pastor, I heard your word, and I'm ready to sow myself into the kingdom of God. I do not want to reap corruption. I want to be saved. I do not want to carry these sins around anymore. If the Lord is willing to have me, then I'm willing to give myself to him. Lord, freedom over those, God. Freedom to the backslider. Freedom to the sinner. That's what you are. So Lord, as we open this altar for salvation, God, I pray that you would move those that you're calling to repentance in Jesus' name.